Baji, I wanted to start with your background, how you got into Sikhi. So. Okay, <laughs> I've not been asked that one for a long time. So, you know, when you first get into Sikhi, you get asked that question quite a lot. And then, because um, I've been doing Prajad as well for about over 10 years now, so it's been a while since I've been asked that question. But, so it would date back to basically, um, we're talking about 1997 is when I had my first encounter with Sikhi and or was kind of informed of Sikhi. And it was, I think for like a lot of people, it wasn't through choice so it wasn't through oh look everything's great and i was enticed by this path so it was like we're talking about 23 20 no 25 years ago nearly and back in those days as you know we didn't have these means we didn't there was no youtube there was nothing of the sort and so i grew up in a very cultural upbringing punjabi household so didn't have any exposure to Sikhi other than just popping to the Gurdwara, but sometimes on a Sangran with my mum, which would be at Sahrod Gurdwara Nishkam, and weddings, and that was it really. So there was a lot going on at home, including with myself and with my sister, and which was it's all kind of like the, the the dots join don't they everything's interlinked you know my dad he was very hard you know working factory worker and always took care of his family financially and just a, just a nice guy huh? but he, he had um he had the drink inside so he was he was a binge drinker and on the weekend as hard as he worked on the weekend he would uh, binge drink and that would lead to kind of like three four days and there was a lot of shame around that for like growing up as a kid and felt it very felt like it was quite embarrassing seeing him in that state and so that's kind of a, a very, very like small gist of like what was going around, what was became normal, mm. but it in in the same breath, it 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 wasn't normal, and but it was almost like normal to us, if that makes any sense, and so with that I got into this, I got into a similar lifestyle, but you know you with a with a step further. So I was only young and grew up in Handsworth and at the age of like 13 odd, 12, 13, got into drinking because it was just the norm of where I lived, society and what I saw at home. And But what was on top of what I saw at home was the smoking and then like smoking weed. And when we got, when I got to about 16, there was a lot going on and my sister was going through a very difficult patch who's just about two years older than me and there's loads of family members loads of people trying to help kind of get us out of this rut of a lifestyle and be relationships you know the drinking smoking and and it was almost like this it was like an angel that appears so a cousin that is 15 years older than me he turned up, his name's Ajayab Singh, he turned up to our house. We wasn't expecting him. Um, we, we wasn't a cousin that we saw very often. And I don't, and he hadn't actually even been to our house before up until that time. So somebody's told him that, you know, we're, we're, we're in, a, in a really difficult situation. There's a lot of issues going on at home. And he's just turned up. And he took us to the Gordora in, in Smedic in Cape Hill to Nanaksar. And at that time, Mahapurk was visiting uh, Baba Gurdev Singh Ji, Baiki Smadwale, who did Seva of Baba Ishar Singh Ji, Kleramwale. And Baba Ji now is, is like well into the 80s, I think about 87. So Baba Ji would have been around, you know, just, just in their 60s then. 
and like we had no exposure to Mahapurk. We we heard about Mahap. I I did. I I got darshan of Baba Narang Singh uh, after Baba Puran Singh as a little kid, but didn't have a clue what it was all about, what was going on. That was just like it was almost like. A f- I'd say fluke, but you know it's never a fluke to be sat in the presence of a Mahapurk. And but so my dad was one to not speak very highly of Mahapurks and sons. And but when he's now found himself in a situation struggling with his, uh, you know, with his own children, with his own kids, and especially like that, there was a very specific situation going on with my sister. So he's. Took it, brought us to the Gurdwara, and this is in May, '97, and so we are now. It's been arranged for us to go in and see the Mahapurk, and this is remember a 16-year-old kid, pretty, you know. I was always very humorous, cocky, like you know, very pleasant, but just had bad habits, you know, and um, but very polite, pleasant, loved family, and. My life was about enjoying yourself. It was about pleasure. It was about just, you know, getting smashed, having a laugh. And I was always a bright kid. I was always caring as well. And but just had all those other things that came with it. And I I didn't really I didn't really have this belief or faith in God. And I had no knowledge of religion or Sikhi and and I, and I remember very specifically when I was about 15 going through this, it's almost like a depression type, but like now thinking back to it where I'd think that life's just like when you die, it's just a black hole and it's no, there's nothing. And it I the, the word atheist didn't really, it didn't even really exist in, in my world. So I didn't know what it was I was going through, but there was a lot of fear around ending and death for me so it was just like that's it and it's it's done it's there's nothing but for the first time in my life other than being intoxicated and smoking a lot of weed when I was walking as we were walking into the Mahapurk's room before we had entered I had just these this these sensations go through my body and all these things like the barb, you would say, or, the, you know, the the dark side kind of started to flash before my eyes. I started to feel overwhelmed. And I just thought, like, what is this? Like, you know, he's just another guy. He's just another human being who we're going to meet. And but the moment we walked in, it was different. And it was like just this this aura of light uh, as I can and and that's from speaking of somebody that didn't have exposure, didn't know anything of spirituality, didn't have any knowledge of that. And I just thought there's something here. My whole body has changed everything. Something's going on. So when we sat down and Mahapurk looked at my dad straight in the eye and said, Hanji Dasuji, like, you know, tell me what, what brings you here. And... My dad just looked up and felt kind of almost like very ashamed and said, you know, like, and kids have gone off kind of the rails and never have met Babaji before at that point, Baba Gurudev Singh, and nev- nobody went in and told them about us. And we just looked my dad straight in the face. They said, Tusi Sai And they said, are you on the right path? And... Um, my dad just froze because he wasn't expecting that because he thought, oh, well, I've come here for my kids. And because um, for him, well, he's an adult, he's drinking's OK. But actually, the problem was always he's drinking where everything stemmed from. Mm. Even I had a lot of childhood anxieties and around my dad drinking. And uh, that's another story of its own. So it's quite ironic that Mahapurk actually, straight after they said, nobody had spoke of alcohol that my dad drinks or the kids drink, but Babaji, because we came for a different situation, you know, and it's more about being in certain relationships. 
So, which, you know, I'm not going to go into. But the second thing Baba Ji said to my dad was that, Can you drink And I was like, how does this guy know this? Like, mm-hmm. So basically saying that if you're going to drink alcohol, you, your children are going to drink it too. And I was like, yo, how does he know this? And, and but I, I didn't, it's almost like I, I didn't even need to know, say that because it was almost at that point I was experiencing something that is beyond what I had known of this world, something beyond my senses and, you know, the, the, the pleasure that I knew, that I just thought life was about pleasure. And, and I thought, like, there's something beyond here. You know, he isn't just, he, this guy is just, he's not on our plane. And um, and in that moment, yes, there was that question, how does he know? But in the same breath, I knew that he, he's something beyond. And, um, and I didn't know that existed in the world. So that's where a journey started from. And as we came out, there was the, the Mahant who was in charge of that particular Gurdwara. His name was Bhai Gajan Singh. Everybody called him um, Bhai Ji or Baba Ji. And they said, they said, um, And, you know, we, we didn't even know what that meant. You know, it's so alien to us, that world. And, but, but we initially did at that time, which was on the 1st of June, 97. As a family, we took Amrit. But after oh. that, was that the first day when you met Babaji? Uh, as in, like, we met Babaji about four or five days before that. And then there was an Amrit Sanchar the Sunday after. Wow. And, and then they said, uh, first, they said, Amrit Shaklam. He was like, what? I, I didn't even know what that meant. You know, like, what? what I just knew, like, oh, like, you, you can't drink anymore. Like, and, and I remember my family specifically saying, look, we'll do it. But he's not going to be able to like kind of live without meat, and so they said like it. So that's kind of where our journey initiated from, and had plenty of kind of roller coasters and ups and downs. There didn't within that within the next ten years, I didn't always maintain that lifestyle of of you know keeping to that I had, but that was the first initial kind of starting point. How did you make the transition from a completely lifestyle to such a big, such a big transition? So that's kind of where the journey started from. And and, and there was, that was like the first turning point. And but then there was a second turning point from when I really kind of fell in love with Gurbani. And that was and that was about eleven years later. Eleven about eleven years later. Well just to I wanna I wanna hear that. Um but just to go into this in a little bit of detail, because I think of people who are struggling with something like alcohol addiction or um, even just the addiction to tastes and pleasures. And so to even give it up for a day, from going from someone who used to drink alcohol, used to eat whatever they liked, um, or copious amounts of meat, how, do you, how did you find that transition? Was that, that, how did you even manage a day? I think what happened was because at that point, um, I was just doing my GCSEs, and I think I was just kind of more or less was finishing off my GCSEs at that point. And, you know, I, I, did, I did a lot better than, than I expected. Again, like I said, I was a very kind of smart kid, but just, just you know, messed around so much. I didn't really, I didn't even go to sit some of the exams because they said you didn't turn up to enough lessons. So they said there's not no point even coming for the exam. So... But I still did decent enough to to get onto some A-levels. But at that point, so because the summer holidays were coming up, the only way for me was to jump, like, deep in. And 
because you know when you grow up in in adolescence when you are you know drinking smoking doing all of these things you know in relationships it affects your brain when you are using you know things like that at that age mm-hmm. it really shapes you a certain way so i had a very addictive personality and very kind of extreme and i think i used that about me to then kind of that that being extreme to jump into then sikhi and actually at that time i spent a lot of time at the gurdwara in the sharan of the mahapurk of um, baba gurjan singh the mahant and uh, not baba gurdev singh cuz they would travel they left after a few months to they would they stayed mainly in houston but byji then who actually it was like they took me under their wing but they knew and they, and, and and he would say that you know to ite ite ranaya cuz he could just see that if he doesn't go all in he's not going to be able to survive this path so for me it how did i go from that level of addiction to alcohol smoking to that at that point was the transition had to be was i kind of had to throw myself in like completely where then i had to disassociate from uh, a lot of people that I was hanging out with that time which made it easier anyway because it was some holidays coming up so i was introduced to you know different sangat spent hours and hours just learning gurbani at that age uh first learning gurmukhi and and sitting in the diwan a lot remember we didn't have distractions like phones mm-hmm. so it would be when there was cuz nanak sar is very known for kirtan and so the amrit vellas like it starts at 2 o'clock so i'd started staying nights at the gurdwara and then i would sit in the kirtan from the morning like from half 4 till half 6 and then would rest in the day so when you'd go out about in the day when you meet up with certain people that's when we'd be resting and then I'd be learning part learning how to read gurmukhi from mahapurk themselves directly but then again sat in the in the sangat in the actual diwan but what was we was fortunate because there was somebody called uh, by bahadur singh who had, who'd done when he was little baby had actually got darshan of baba nan singh ji who who extended his life and he would do katha in the evening at 8 o'clock and but he'd speak in english as well which was uh which was very rare for back then mm. and um so because he was breaking up then a bit am i still okay anji okay so which was very rare for then and it was like oh this guy you know he was again this padr singh who was about 60 then and uh, and and you wouldn't hear somebody do katha in english and he he would break into um english and it'd like oh wow and i just loved listening to stories so that, spending a lot of time sitting in the darbar sahib listen to kirtan and then when i'd get to hear sakhiya stories of gurus and mahapurks being told it was just like wow and i just loved sakhiya and so that was literally it where i literally just jumped from this to this like all full hog and i didn't have opportunity to miss what I was missing at that point but a year and a half later I did fall off at the path and then that was because of certain sangat I got back into the company but how was your your internal experience then because thinking having been through some of that stuff in terms of alcohol and a different kind of lifestyle I I found personally I found a lot of peace from being in Sikhi. Um what was your experience going from kind of a, that type of negative addiction to something more of a positive addiction? What was your internal experience? I think obviously it was it was a long time ago but trying to remember it the best I can. I I was always somebody that was I was quite an anxious person because of the lifestyle I led. we was kind of there was a lot of people 
kind of um we had created a lot of enemies back then so there's a lot of people that was wanting to jump me and the, there was all sorts that comes with that lifestyle with kind of the things that you get caught up in so it was almost like an it was almost like an escape for me but i think what was when you talk about a piece i think what felt so unique and empowering about being a part of non-exile at that time was that they do tarna style kirtan so in the in basically tarna style kirtan means when you read a couple of lines of gurbani repetitively in a very kind of uh, simple tune and it was an, and and these are things that mahapurk that you know created from babatar singh mastuwanawale started the tarna style kirtan Babanansing the Babeshis and the Kleramale as well. They they continued that that way, and um, all it was with Rada Sab they would use tolkiya, chamte with Nanaksar they used um, tamma, so atte da tamma, um, which is like the tabla with the atta on it, and you can it was really it's really bassy. And Babanansing he said would say that when you hit the tamma. and that gunja jodo pendia when it when it when that sound comes the base of the tabla they said it's like literally hitting that kalyug that takes over in your mind you know it it hits it in the head and awakens you from it mm-hmm. and and then would use dalia the the bells so there was always this as somebody was still quite young in 1617 you know it was a, a catchy way and we'd all and I loved cuz I used to love singing so whenever we'd have a session and i'd be the first one trying to do the bolian memorize songs and sing i was i was like an entertainer uh, not on a professional level but like just love to entertain so i always say that you kind of carry those the, that same kind of energy that you've got you about yourself you just transfer it over and then i took that excitement of singing with my mates sessioning into the tarna style kirtan cuz even gurbani was alien to me but when you've got the same lines being repetitively sang for an hour which was done every day i'd be really excited i'd want to sing the loudest so it was like this jar this excitement for this new way and it was pure because you're not now you haven't got the the alcohol the drinking the other all the other stuff that comes with it so i was i was like really excited like you know to from the first time I wore a jola you know white jola and then to sit on the stage and sing behind the kirtanis and I'd always try and sing as loud as I can and then when we got you know introduced to playing the dalia it was like this you have to learn the sequence you know and mahapur could say to us bas te bhi baithe bas sikhi jao even when you sat on the bus you just like you know to be taught like in your head to just go ekdo ekdo and then they play the shan which when they get really fast so again it was just like this kind of excitement to like it was just a completely it was like a complete buzz and the things that I was so into dressing a certain well way or style and it, these things kind of start dropping off and not to say like you know I was perfect then because there's still certain things that stick with you certain mm. things about you like mm. um mm. i came away from drinking but then like that that lust within that didn't quite you know simmer and so that was still there in the background which was the cause that kind of caused me to go downhill again but like but 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 you're quite original question was that like you know that 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 piece it was more like i would say more than a piece it was like this, this excitement for this new way of life and and being excited to go and sing behind the kirtanis and and i was always quite emotional anyway so anything that was bairagi where where it was that that pull and it spoke about love and this pull towards you know the guru guru gobind singh or something like i connected to that at a deeper level so i always always from early on i was always somebody that welled up 
got very passionate and um so like again that transfer of energy of having that towards then before songs and always getting into like i said relationships and it kind of you transfer that then and um yeah so it, I'll, I'll describe it as this excitement this new way that's amazing before we get into the second period um i want to ask you about calm because i struggled with that and i still do um and i think going back to what you said i resonated with it because i feel like my lifestyle was so different before i got into sikhi it was like you know trying to go out with as many girls as you can all this kind of stuff it was very much it was very centered around trying to be the center of attention and um look a certain way have a persona and be perceived a certain way and i i think shaking that i found personally very difficult um and I, and and i do regret i know we shouldn't have regret but i do think you know if i hadn't done this if i hadn't done that maybe it'd be easier to focus maybe it'd be easier to and have less vijar um so and i think not having spoken to many people about this i don't think i've shared it publicly ever before this conversation with darshan kaur but i feel like a lot of things may struggle with this because they go from a completely different lifestyle where it's completely normalized to sexualize the opposites opposite sex and you'll see you're constantly bombarded with certain images a certain desirable way of uh, of life is to go out with lots of girls or to have lots of um relationships and then you're you're shifted into a completely different way of life which is the antithesis of that we are supposed to have one partner monogamous relationships it's meant to you meant to be modest um so can you talk about that mm, look you know what one thing i'm getting used to, to is the whole point of podcasting is um it's an opportunity for us to be real and it's not easy you know i like because in recent years i'm more real about my current mental state or but when it comes to then having to delve into that and and it's normally me interviewing other people so it it, it i i didn't even realize it can be like oh do i actually just say it as it was you know and um and i and if i'm to be like very open even when that at that point originally like i said i had two shifts in my life it was 97 but then it was like i learned a lot i experienced a lot where sikhi was concerned but then it became a roller coaster and for many years but i got i experienced a lot of grace during that time there was a lot of bakshish there so there's a lot of solid groundwork done and the experiences i had with mahapurk but like i said the roller coaster but the the, the shift was about 2008 and 9 so the originally at that point in 97 remember i've grown up in an upbringing there's certain things that shape you which you don't realize the patterns until later I had an experience very early as a child you know that that kind of played a part in shaping me in looking at life in a in a from a certain perspective uh, when I'm talking about when we're talking about lust or sexually and and because of that childhood experience like sexual experiences were then almost to me they were like it was how how should i ex- describe it i would say it was like to me they were like well this this is what life's about and it it was almost like that lifestyle was made to feel normal at a very young age and so for me where i had a lot of other friends growing up yes that you'd see others that were into girls and dating and flirting but some not so much some were very grounded but 
for me, like, it was everything. And so when you then, you've taken Amrit now, and even this lifestyle is very new to you. I hadn't even heard of a Kashara before. Like to that point, like I didn't know, like it, it was even a thing. Yeah. So when you go from that, literally that shift, and I knew, and in my head at that time, I think after a few months, it was like, yeah, I've given up drinking, well done. You know, um, I've changed my diet, well done again. You know, and all of these different things, you think, I've stopped smoking, amazing, stop smoking weed, amazing. And you, and then I think, I need one thing. Yeah, I, and I was always a foodie anyway. And then, and I was like, all right, I got my food. And then holy holy, it was, because even though I had got Sangat then, but, that, it, but there was still something missing, not from the Mahapurks, but the Sangat that was kind of, other sangat, you know, like and some 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 sangat are, are slightly more relaxed about certain things. Mm-hmm. One of those things were then girls. So for me, and I thought this ain't that bad, you know. Like I'm gonna like doing all of these things, but relationships that come on, that's not bad, is it? Mm-hmm. And so I kind of convinced myself, but. Like I said, it's a lifestyle of of from literally from that being of eight, nine years old, like I said, of what I experienced and what I went through. Um, like I said, it's not like something I want to really go through in yeah. today's podcast. But it's like, like I said, it was an episode. It was it was it was like an episode of sexual abuse. But that plays a part in shaping you, which I didn't realize until a lot later in my life why then I was a certain way sexually and that and and then you kind of all you put it together and 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 so for me at that point it was I I could call it my weakness but I even convinced myself well I'm, I'm doing so much of these other things I've changed that what's so bad about that as long as the girl's into Sikki or whatever and then it's okay so I okayed it in my head, not realizing that when I was doing so much other stuff, learning part, doing seva, but then I started getting into relationships again at the same time. I wasn't quite given the tools um, by this the certain thing that I had. And instead, it wasn't discouraged even that much. Obviously, the Mahapurks would have, but you, you don't tell them that, do you? But there's always that guilt inside. So for me, when I started then getting into relationships again, which was probably quite early into this new lifestyle of when coming into Sikhi, I didn't realise how much energy that's going to take and how much of an emotional roller coaster I'm going to end up going on, how much it's going to actually end up playing with my rahat and discipline and how it's going to end up bringing me back down back into drinking um and so it it was for me i didn't really deal with it in for the first 10 years you know and it wasn't until i actually got married when it was 2008 and then i had my second switch when my second switch was I had everything on a worldly level on what society would deem as um, success. I had a convertible car, I had lived with parents, beautiful house. Um, we, we didn't have the burden of karche mortgage because we lived with parents. Later on, we bought our own house, which we did burden ourselves with all of that. And so, like, money wasn't an issue. I got to marry the girl I wanted to marry, who I had been with for on and off for the last ten years, you know. And so, like, but there was like there was galish at home, so there was like arguments. There was things things didn't quite go as I expected. Um, when we got married because of dynamics of people getting on 
and I was just in this dilemma now. And at that point, it was, do I go back to that lifestyle of drinking, which I've left behind me now after getting married, because my wife, even though she's from a different faith, very disciplined and dedicated and devoted to Sikhi, for her, like it was a no-brainer. If I went back to drinking, marriage is done over. Like even though we've been together for ten years, so it, it wasn't even a thing for her. It was clear, black and white. If you ever go back to that, it's done. And and so at that point, I had to kind of choose. So where do I where do I go? Which way do I turn? And I remember walking out the house thinking I'm going to just because it, it had kicked off it was there was such a bad argument at home it wasn't so much me and my wife that was arguing it was just arguing with the whole setup of you know the household and um but but I was caught in the middle and I literally I remember it was like a really bad argument I walked out the house and I thought I'm going to go to the pub what's the point I'm going to drink forget all of this and at that point I was like walking down the road and I just stopped and I thought nah like there was something that pulled me there's still 10 years of that Barney being inside of you you know and I came back and I and I went the other way instead and I thought I want to know what my guru says to me saying to me so that's where my relationship started with wanting to know what good Barney is saying at a deeper level from not really understanding it to starting to research into what is Japji Sab? What is it? What is Sikhi really Sikhi? This is after 10 years of getting into Sikhi but being in and out of it. And it's like, all right, what is Sikhi? Like wanting to change then the way I time of the star from tying like the, the Nork style the star and starting to tie then a gold the star and trying the Mala and then starting to really look into different decals, what is Gurbani saying, started to research 1984, in, I always had a pull with something else anyway, started to really dwell deep into what had happened in 84 from 78, all the way from 70, well, 47, 78, and then 84, what happened, that was my switch then day and night. But within that period, as I was switching, then I was only listening to Qatar, listening to Gyanin, Thakur Singh at the time, a lot of their Qatar, listening to Santaji's speeches a lot, um, doing, I came across Gurbani.org, translations of Professor Sahib Singh, the Frid Kotika, and starting to understand Jabji Sahib for myself, listening to Qatar. And then at that point, coming back to the point of Gam now, obviously I'm married now anyway, but Back in them days, like, you know, Galyug, I would say, like, this time of what is referred to as the time of ignorance is so embedded in us. Even with your own partner, it was okay to notice and comment on other people that you thought, you know, were pretty or had a certain type of body. And, but then something was changing now at my core. There's something speaking to me at a deeper level that I just I couldn't do that anymore. But the lust was still there. But in a different way, there was a conflict now. It wasn't like you just looked at a girl and you carried on looking at her. And where it was like, but but I was thinking, but I'm still looking at her. I'm still noticing. And so there's a, still that spark there. And I thought, all right. And you said there's a lot of people that would relate to this. So what did I do then at that point? Mm-hmm. I thought I'm going to do something. And Pai Gurdasji, where Pai Gurdasji talks about Dek Paranya, Jangiya, Mama, Pena, Tianjani, he says that look at others, Dek Paranya, others, you know, with a pure eye, Jangiya, and Mama but Jane means to know them as your own mothers, sisters and daughters. And I thought, well, I don't at the moment. So we've got to be truthful. This is where people fall. They're not truthful. 
they're not authentic yeah and we get so i put my hands up to myself i don't see them as mothers and sisters like they're just not yeah i am finding them attractive in that sexual way so uh, i thought okay then johnny how can i see them as that then so i i actually did a thing step by step so i was a gas engineer when i'd be out in my van and where before normally you 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 notice somebody so then now i'd notice someone but then i had sat down and told myself what i'm gonna do based on that body when i then see somebody that's similar age to me which back then i was what about 28 29 Hannah, then i'd actually bring my sister's face forward my actual blood sister you know and um so i just got one sister and then i'd actually envision her bring her forward wow. if somebody was then i'd say oh but i actually would see my sister my actual sister initially and then say if they were war if they were dressed a certain way and say if they had like you know certain tight clothes on and revealing clothes on and then i'd look that way then i'd think all right so that's my if my own sister walked into the room like that would i judge her and no she's married say if i didn't have a say in anything right no and but i'd have a choice in 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 eye contact in how you know so i thought all right so in that same way this is my sister now and and i'd actually say you know what i'm just gonna look away and just out of that respect for my sister i'm not gonna go cut i wouldn't look at my own sister's legs mm. i wouldn't look you know and um so in that same way i thought either or this is my sister and i'm not gonna look at her legs because this is my sister walking there but at this, this point i wasn't still seeing that person as my sister i was still having to bring my sister into it mm. yeah and that was the first stage i started doing that and then i had a mantra and i would actually say oh the mini bear yeah? and but my inside was catching up with it wow yeah and then i'd say oh Ata. Then I'd start bringing my mum's face there. There was somebody younger, like say, I don't know, 17, 18, and that we knew in the family, then I'd bring them into it. And then, and then eventually I'd just say, it's just, this is like my mum, this is like my sister. And it actually became normal like that. Then I didn't have to bring the face in anymore. And I was literally looking at them and thinking, this is my sister, this is my mother. And but I had to go through the process. I had to do the work, the training. It didn't just happen. Mm. And I think this is what so many people expect. You've taken on with, oh, you're perfect. You're still flipping, looking at Bibian. Like, well, what did they do not to? Mm. I'm not saying like some crazy girpa can't happen and for... Mm. Well, that one in the bloody million bang, done right but let's be truthful well most of us it doesn't happen like that does it mm. so we got to put some steps in place uh, i think that's really useful and i know a lot of people who are going to benefit from that uh, including myself so i'm going to try that thought exercise i really appreciate you sharing that and being so open so if we move on to 2008 now and then going from where it sounded like you were to where you are now. You do, you've been doing prachar, as you said, for, for 10 years. You've helped so many people, so many people are inspired by your messages. You have an ability to connect with people and um, deliver, convey a message in a very passionate way, which inspires people. So how did you go from 2008 to where you are now? It, again, you know, it was definitely a journey and but there was something already planted there and a lot of people talk about manifestation nowadays and attraction you know law of attraction but often we, we because we do it at a very shallow level you know just say these words like yeah i'm gonna do this i'm gonna become that and then it, and we don't quite see it happening 
but it's quite odd because even as young as like 1819 so going back in the early days again and we'll come back to this i'll show you the connection so when i was like 99 2000 i'd imitate other people doing qatar in 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 the shower or even sitting on the toilet yeah and i'd sometimes do it to my cousins and imitating somebody another Qatarajik and I could just make my voice just like them and like where everybody else of our age was, was into Gidan more I was into Qatamu so I had this natural pull towards Sant Baba Hardev Singh Lulawale who did Qatar and I listened to them their tapes of Guru Gobind Singh Ji's Jeevani and so it was tapes then you know, the actual cassettes and I had 10 cassettes I was just flipping mind blown, man. Like, I was like, yo, and 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 so I would in the shower. Then I used to envision myself doing like I whatever pangti I understood at that time. And I thought, I thought, and for some reason there was a few that would stick out, like the tattoo samrat jethe koi nahi, bothe teer rak agni udhar mahi. So. Like that, you even protect in the in the fire of the womb, and and I would envision myself, yeah, using the pangti, and then breaking it down and telling and and telling it to sangat that look, God even protects you where like nobody else can reach, and little did I know that I was gonna actually do that one day, and I did want to back then. even then when i was envisioning it and actually doing that and so it, but it didn't exist mm-hmm. and then you know there was this bahadur singh who's in his 60s who's done darshan baba nansing baba shah singh and like they do katha they're not a kid that's born and bred in like birmingham that grew up smoking weed like you know there's there's no such thing as there's no social media you don't do katha you get it so like but i would be doing katha in my head and in the shower and in the car when i was driving as well so i would say that's where my journey started from for katha wow and then in year 2000 when i was uh 20 same mahapurk that taught me gurumukhi bai ji baba gadan singh actually did bhajan to me they said they looked at me said you're going to travel the world and you're going to speak from all s- s- types of stages just like bahadur singh does the bahadur singh the one that told you that this katha in, in punjabi in english went over my head what they said and um pe- when i would meet people on the bus i'd start like you know i'd start telling them sakhi i was very passionate though and then somebody would they'd sometimes come back and tell the mahapurk oh munda milya si oda sanu baste sakhiyan sunon la pya Right. And um, so, but when we, then when I started to understand, when I started to start, understand to whatever level at that time in 2008, 9, after getting married, and I started to look into Gurbani, I would just be sitting on a dinner table or something with relatives and I'd just start going through, oh, you know what, this means, Bhavad and Guru Bani Pata. and oh, do, do, do you understand what this devsarata doidai daya is and that we've been watched by a day nanny and a night nanny and we can't escape that every action's being watched and it's being recorded and people start saying oh tuta albahadur singh wanga bolna lag pya like you know that you're talking like just like uncle ji and tuta gurbani de arth kar lag pya you're translating gurbani and and it was like okay but i was just i was always very passionate at that fire in me and um and then we just started doing these friday night keetan programs at home and a lot of sangat started attending because we had bought a home own home by then and so it was easier for sangat to come and we do keetan like rajan uh back then was like like a little little kid you know late teens and uh, had come to Keetan and he had a really squeaky voice back then <laughs> and uh, but then I do I, 
I learned because like I said I wasn't very academic and then I learned from my sister-in-law how to use PowerPoint and at that time I, I was re- I started reading Dika Saibs because I listened to Mahapur's Katha in Punjabi I, st- I had this like started understanding the language of Katha so I started re- reading like DK for myself like Amir Pandar Dika who's written by Gyanik Ripalsen and who was the Vidyarthi of Baba Amir Singh um, from the Taksal, from the uh, Amritsar Taksal and um, from the Paimani Singh Taksal and so their Dika was written in a lot of detail and I started reading Dika like that and translating them and started making these presentations during our Friday night programs and and then I would ask Sangat, oh, do you understand this? What, what do you think this means? And then I'd, then I'd break it down for them. And I'd always then tell a Saki, I'd always research a Saki. And that's how so my journey of doing Katha started. Then how did I start doing Katha on stage? I met a Gurmak who we used to learn Gatka from by Bhutta Singh. And then by Bhutta Singh, we went, he would do Kirtan and we would travel together up and down the country, even went to Europe. He would be, he'd be doing Kirtan and he'd translate the Shabbat. And sometimes he'll just say to me, why don't you tell us Saki? He knew I loved telling Saki. Yeah? Just say tell us Saki. Um, from the, I'd always sit with him on the side of Raja and I'd, I'd, I'd tell us Saki. And from that, I started, just, I started doing Katha. I started getting called from different places from seat channels started calling me scotland and uh the journey started yeah that's amazing by so it's amazing to see in retrospect how the dots connect which mm-hmm. which um it's fascinating you see it with athletes sometimes how they're not an overnight success there's so much groundwork and, and there's so many little dots which connect to get them to where they are and that, like you know how you're saying it's some people say people say like oh we want to do prachar and like how did you learn and i i didn't because i didn't go to a school where i learned i think the mahapurk's bachan they saw something and but then the other thing was i I was never just satisfied from doing my nithanam it wasn't just like yeah let me get my nithanam done i remember when we had a huge mortgage to pay. We had bought this new house. I'd start doing it the name and I was just like, I just I need to know what my guru saying to me. And literally I'd put a gumball like, you know, over my head. And I'd sometimes be just sat there reading an onside for three hours because I just want to know what is Guru Madhashi actually saying to me. And it was that contemplation deep contemplation again and again going through reciting those verses and you don't realize then that's going to come out one day mm-hmm. you know and it goes then deeper than just learning an art from professor saibsing from and if you look into the jeevani of professor saibsing they did similar things where they were contemplating for days over a shabad you know, and I, I, it was just naturally happening. And then when you do an art on stage and people say, oh, that really stuck with me. Because it came from a, like a lot of contemplation. And it's difficult to talk about this because, you you know, it's not like because it, it's so sometimes it can be easily taken as like arrogance. But I'm just literally sharing as it happened, mm. you know, and it's like that journey behind before something is told. Yeah, I'm, I'm reading a book at the moment. It's called Originals. It's a very famous book in, in the kind of business world. And they look at Nobel Prize winners uh, and a lot of intellectuals. And they found that it, novel and original ideas don't come from people who necessarily are very specialist and have gone by the book. They have a very broad set of skills. So they might be into lots of different things. They might read lots of different sources and lots of different information they've done and that all adds to the ability to then create that idea um and they looked at the example of martin 
Luther King Jr. And they said the speech that he said, that I have a dream speech, isn't what he had written. But he delivered a similar speech over 300 times that year. And so all the thoughts, all the ideas, all that experience, all that kind of, um, all of that culminated into that I have a dream speech, which is you know, listed as the best oration in, in kind of political history, at least. Um, so it's, it's really, it really goes to show the depth and it's really interesting. And I wanted to, I know I've taken up a lot of your time and I know you do a lot of prachad, you're very candid, you're very honest, and I think it's refreshing because I don't see, I don't see many people being honest um, and candid and open with regards to real life issues. So I just want to thank you and, and say it is really appreciated and I, I think it is needed. Um, from the patients that I see, I know there's, there's a big, there's a big kind of gaping uh, space for people to be able to have the kind of conversations that you're enabling. So can we just end with talking about what you're working on at the moment, the weekly sessions, uh, what, what's happening what in your world, how are you helping, what are you doing in terms of um, the social media? If you could talk us through all of that, please. Yeah, so about about a year and a half ago, I just this this kind of name kept coming to my mind, the journey of compassion. And because I thought that whenever something great is born, it's born out of compassion. If you look at the greatest of organizations that are doing amazing humanitarian work behind it if you was to really dig down it it's born out of compassion that like from that mother of compassion comes then that righteous path and so i kind of i took that and i thought i want to be able to speak about mental health but from a compassionate perspective and not from a book knowledge kind of black and white clinical approach um nothing wrong with like you know clinical approach and um but i'm just saying that it, it had to be more it had to be like from from here and so that was born out of that that the organization was from that journey of compassion of looking at mental well-being from the lens of compassion and from my own experiences, being able to understand people and being able to tap into our intuition when we're speaking to people and understanding them and um, being connecting to them at a deeper level on an energy level and keeping compassion at the forefront. So out of that, when we look at the definition of compassion, is that when you got this urge or want for others suffering to end wow. and, and and that's the Dalai Lama describes it that way and that's that's a definition I've definitely embraced for myself and when I looked at anxiety depression OCD these different types of mental health issues that I personally have gone through or still you know uh, struggle with and I thought I want to take an approach towards anxiety from compassion of having that compassion of really wanting to, 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 you know, to end for people and knowing that it can, we can go on that journey where we don't have to live like that forever. So what we're doing currently, what one of the things that we set up, it's been about a year now, was what I found was there's a lot of, a lot of information, a lot of knowledge that we can pick up. A lot of wisdom that we can read that isn't yet our wisdom but initially is our knowledge but it's somebody's wisdom be even the guru's words but it's very quick somebody does their nitha name bang done somebody reads a few posts on instagram done and, there were, and i felt like we're missing that deep contemplation which again the guru is is trying to you know, that, that's what the Guru is embedding in us, is Bani Birlo Bijarsi. Guru says it's only very fair, 
a few in red that actually vichar that contemplate these words deeply guru gobind singh ji said the same this says if you want to connect to me then this says then jo mujh bachan karn ki chahe then they said that you've got a granth vichar suno chit lai you got a vichar the granth you got to contemplate the granth you know granth vichar suno you got to listen deeply chit lai with your complete consciousness and so i thought we need a space where we can dive deep and contemplate and so we created what are now known as the contemplation sessions and we work we're contemplating currently on jopji sahib we're on the 16th stanza and which we've been going through for a year now and but it's that space of 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 what we call sangat we do sangat it's an a place where you can it's uplifting energy where you can uplift yourself deepen your spiritual journey through the guru's words and get to start knowing yourself more and so that's that's every sunday's 6 till 7:30 and they've been life changing for people um i didn't know what people are going through that are listening to it we have about 50 people every join every week on average global sangat we've had non punjabis uh that now gone on to do other projects related to sikhi and so global sangat you got somebody said in australia us canada england india some people join on from india at 12 o'clock at night and i've had messages saying i've been i'm a i'm a sikh i do kirtan but i've been self farming for the last 15 years and we've stopped because of these sessions and i've not once spoke about self farming though but because of the the vibration and the power in it sometimes it's emotional sometimes it's deep you know it's interactive as well so everyone gets an opportunity you know and um sometimes we'll do some guided meditations in them so you, you know people have said i've been into sikhi 20 years but i felt dry no emotion you know and it feels like my heart's been like that stone like heart's been melted now can connect to people and this comes from the back of these sessions and what i do is in the beginning i used to put a presentation together but what we found was when i come in raw because i've already done the contemplation on jabji sahib i don't now i don't do a presentation i don't even i make sure i know the words as in like there's no words that are forgotten what the literal meaning is but i'll, I'll actually see what energy the sangat gives me and i do the art there and then on the spot and that's where the magic is happening and i'm learning from it myself i need those sessions as much as anyone else uh so yeah like you can go on our website journeyofcompassion.com and just sign up for them and if you sign up for them if you miss the session you'll get a private link for the recording um you'll get a newsletter sent out every monday um i'm going to sign up <laughs> and i urge everyone listening to this to sign up as well Um, what about what else you, what else is going on i know you did a talk on mental health recently i saw from your instagram page there's the one to one sessions can you tell us more about what you do one sessions are born out of because i get contacted by so many people and being somebody that wants to get back to everyone but it's not physically possible i just thought like what should i do what how do i you know how can i reach out to people that need a one to one conversation so then we created this system uh which we call one to one with Baljeet Singh basically and um they're on zoom and you can go onto a website again you can book a session and those are paid for sessions and again like you know the donations and you can book a package of four or six or a one off but again we say to people if you're not able to if, you, if you're unable to afford it or any other reason financially email us and we'll definitely work something out for sangat and in that you know I get to go deep one to one with somebody and again the shifts have been like amazing immeasurable and again I was reluctant you know people would put you off you're not a professional this that I said I'm not claiming to be a professional don't want to be a professional I recommend people to professionals but I'm you know I'm not that and I come from my personal experience um from 
you know, researched of Gurbani and Ittahas and read about psychology as well. Read, you know, like you said, all round. And, you know, really like for me, I'm very much into energy. So it's about being tapping into energy in that moment and and seeing what comes from that intuition and what somebody needs in that moment. So these again, they've been magical. I've probably done about 60 sessions with different people, global again, uh, all different walks of life. Again, I just did, you know, one last night. They're just, it's, it's amazing. Um, really, and can people access that through your website as well? Uh, yes, through the website again. And, uh, you know, I'm working on writing articles about specific topics I've, d- I've done about one about you know becoming like a fragrance flower becoming love so and i'm working on one at the moment about acceptance uh and you know these things that people have got these certain sayings that people say oh it was meant to be god did that and i was like let's try and demystify these things because they can be very damaging mm-hmm. and try and look at it from you know as close as the truth that we can recognize through Gurbani so that people aren't left feeling, you know, bad and in a bad place. Um, working on a course as well that I feel that uh, Sikhs should have their own mental health, you know, uh, program that becomes recognised as our own steps. So there's a, there's a lot of work. Uh, there's a book potentially as well that's been worked on uh, based on the Mool Mantra. And yeah, so there's a few projects going on stuff and within a year that you you've done all of that and you are doing all of that is just uh commendable but it shows that you're passionate about this it means a lot to you you want to help people and without that you wouldn't have a, a been able to do all of this so um just you know. just finish the main intent behind the page on instagram for journey of compassion is that the content is chosen. Uh, uh, it's chosen very, very consciously so they can help people shift from a negative mindset and that they're not sitting there thinking I should feel guilty about something or I should feel bad, where people are like allowing themselves to stay in this low negative energy and it's all to get them to shift that and and find some form of joy. So some of the posts Sometimes it looks easy, oh, it's just a post, but like there's hours gone into just tweaking even how the line of Gurbani is translated to make sure that it's read and received accurately as possible and as well as it can be. And so there's a lot of thought that goes behind it. Yeah, amazing, Sarah. Um, I will link to everything that we've talked about in the description box. So I would highly recommend checking it out. There's nothing like this that I know of out there. So it's really uh, a massive server that the community really needs. So thank you so much for everything you've done so far. And uh, for giving mistakes.